and it's kind of a current events news magazine. And a few years ago, who shows up but a guy who lived almost 4,000 years ago? What's he doing on the cover of Time magazine, Father Abraham? Well, we're going to talk about him today since he's still current news. And our theme is Faith in Action, Father Abraham. Uh, No less than Dr. Luther tells us, faith is a divine work in us and makes us to be born anew of God. It kills the old Adam and makes altogether different people in heart and spirit and mind and powers, and it brings with it the Holy Spirit. Oh, faith is a living, busy, active, mighty thing. And we see that with Father Abraham, so if you grab a Bible, and if you have a pew Bible, it's page 1007, and there you have Hebrews chapter 11, this great chapter of the Hall of Faith. I love the first song. You didn't know it, but when you were singing Amen, you were singing in tongues. Uh, That's a great Hebrew word. Next slide. Amin, from which we get Amen, is the Hebrew verb for faith or believing, And emunah is the noun for faith. So amen is not saying, thank God the prayer's over, we can eat now. Or thank God the sermon's over. Or even, yea, yea, it shall be so. But when you put an amen, you're praying in faith with the amen of that. And that's what this whole chapter's about. Verse 1 reminds us, as Pastor Reese did two weeks ago, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for the conviction of things not seen. And then we run through this list of people, and we skipped Abel and Enoch and Noah. But if you get down to verses 8 through 10, we get faith in action with Abraham. Here is Act 1. And you guys can read these verses for us. Chapter 11, verses 8, 9, and 10. Together. By faith... That's Act 1 of Father Abraham. And you have great gospel words there in verses 8 and 9, heir and inheritance. To get the inheritance, to be the heir, you just know the right father. And Abraham does because God came to him, and so he's ready to go. Not to some earthly, transient place, but to a city where God's people dwell together, And the architect, I like that, translated designer, and builder is actually God himself. So who's the architect in your life? Who designs it? On whom do you build the foundation of your life? Abraham calls us to see God as that. So on the next slide, this is a key text from the Old Testament. Here's the story. Now the Lord said to Abraham, go. From your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you and I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonored you I will curse 
and in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. What a promise. And the whole rest of the scriptures kind of work out the fulfillment of that promise through the Old Testament and into the New. So Abraham in the Hall of Faith, Act 1, shows us something about Abraham. That his faith or believing involved knowing God because God came and revealed himself to Abraham. And Abraham then, in faith, acknowledged or accepted God's promise as true. And then there's this third part of faith that doctrinal theologians talk about. It's knowledge, it's acknowledging, and it's trust. And here's a great analogy for this from a video clip about a stuntman. Charles Blondine, he was one of the greatest tightrope walkers in the history of the world. And one of his greatest feats was walking the, the Niagara Falls on a tightrope, 11,000 feet long, 160 feet above the water. And this he accomplished a number of times, and, and always with different theatric variations. Blindfolded, in a sack, pushing a wheelbarrow, on stilts, carrying a man on his back, and sitting down one time midway while he made and ate an omelet. And one day after he had pushed a wheelbarrow across the, the Niagara Falls and come back on that tightrope, he asked a question. How many of you believe that I could put a person in this wheelbarrow and push him across the tightrope? Everybody cheered and yelled and screamed, and everybody believed. And then he asked for a volunteer. And the crowd grew very, very quiet. Until one man stepped out of the crowd and got in the wheelbarrow. There's a difference between the crowd and the man in the wheelbarrow. They knew Blondine was a great stuntman. They acknowledged it with their cheers, you're the greatest stuntman, but was their trust to get in the wheelbarrow and let him do the guiding, the leading, the pushing. That's an image of trust, knowing God, acknowledging him, and then placing your life into his hands to let him be the designer and the builder of where you go. And we see that in Abraham, but it's very important to acknowledge that Abraham simply amined. He believed in Yahweh, and that was simply credited to him as righteousness. So Abraham's righteousness before God was pure credit. But in that righteousness given to him by grace, he got in the wheelbarrow. And so when God called him, Abraham went, just as the Lord told him. That's trust. Act 2 is verses 11 and 12. You guys get those. Read aloud. Hebrews 11, verses 11 to 12. Together, by faith, Sarah herself
And this is a great story as you read it in the Old Testament. Abraham's 100 years old. Sarah's 90. Her womb is dead. When they hear they're going to have a son from God's promise, they both laugh. Abraham deceived twice about Sarah actually being his wife and said, she's my sister. They tried Sarah's alternate plan with uh, Hagar and Ishmael. You'll hear more about Sarah next week. Please come back with uh, Pastor Gibson. And so Abraham, you know, isn't this perfect, moral, blind, naive, trust guy. He's kind of trying to finagle things to work his own way. But I love this verse. But he, Abraham, did not waver into unfaith about the promise of God. You can doubt. You can question. You can challenge. You can wrestle with God. As Abraham's grandson will do. This is all good. God loves you to talk to him, to challenge him, to debate with him, to engage with him, as Abraham did. But don't waver into unfaith. That's jumping out of the wheelbarrow. And if you're going over Niagara Falls, you know where that's going to end, right? So Abraham had this relationship with God that was not perfect, but he kept the faith. Why? Verse 11 tells you. Since he considered him faithful who had promised. It was God's faithfulness that mattered that Abraham believed in. And so the story unfolds that they have a child and they call him Laughter. Remember how they laughed at the promise? So his name is Yitzchak. <laughs> Isaac is laughter in Hebrew to remind them of how they chuckled at the promise. But God brought joy into their family. Why Genesis 18, 14? Because nothing's impossible or too hard for God. And this really points ahead to when the Virgin Mary, it's a message from an angel that a virgin will bear a child. How can this be? Nothing's impossible with God. And Isaac is born, chapter 21, and things look like they're going great. Till chapter 22 and act Three in Abraham's faith in action. Jump down to verse 17. You guys read Act 3, verses 17 through 19. After all that, still more testing, verses 17 through 19. Together, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested... After all that, more testing. Take your son, your only son, whom you love, Genesis 22, verse 1 says, and sacrifice him on an altar. Now I ask here, what was he thinking? He who? Well, what's God thinking? And you get this wonderfully echoed in the New Testament when Jesus comes for his baptism and the voice says, this is my son whom I love. And he's going to be sacrificed. And there's no substitute for Jesus. So God here is giving us what Luther calls the heart of the Old Testament. That's what's going to happen when Jesus comes and a father sacrifices his only son whom he loves. Wow. What's Abraham thinking? Well, right at the end there, it told us. Abraham considered that God was able even to raise him 
from the dead. If I kill Isaac, God gave life to Sarah's dead womb. God can give life to dead Isaac. He's a God who is able, who gives life, even where we think it's not possible. So things that seem too hard, too difficult, impossible for us, God is able, and that's what Abraham believed of God. So we put all this together, and we get Abraham's apps. So if you put these on your smartphone, you're in good shape. Jump back to those middle verses. Let's everybody read 13 to 16. And here's kind of the point the author of Hebrews draws out of Act 1. Go to the land. Act 2, Sarah will have a son. Act 3, sacrifice your son. And Hebrews read everybody, verses 13 to 16. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised but having seen them and greeted them from afar. awesome god's not ashamed to be called their god abraham's acts a by faith he acknowledged god's promise and focused on what that eternal city and who endures eternally not focused on things of this life but on those eternal things b he acknowledged what an old hymn said i'm but a stranger here heaven is my home And so in life, he leaned forward. St. Paul tells this about his life very powerfully in Philippians 3. One thing I do, forget what is past, strain toward what is ahead, toward the heavenly goal to which God has called us all heavenward in Christ Jesus. So lean forward. Abraham and his story of faith and all the others we'll study in Hebrews 11 all lean forward into chapter 12. Father Abraham had many sons, many sons had Father Abraham. No, no, sorry. <laughs> they don't lean forward to Father Abraham. Instead, chapter 12 says, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses like Father Abraham, let us fix our eyes on Abraham. No, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Let's sing. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory. Thank you, uh, Dr. Middendorf, for your...